Howdy howdy, my name is Lily from Maycraft Game, and you're listening to Reading Rule Books. Today we're going over the rulebook for Vast, The Crystal Caverns, a game by Patrick Leader and David Somerville. So let's get into it. The dragon has slept for hundreds of years. In that time, the cave under which it slumbered has changed greatly. Goblins and strange monsters have fulfilled its gloomy depths, and there are whispers that the cave itself has begun thinking, shifting, and growing ever more dangerous. Still, stories of peril rarely overshadow the rumors of riches. And riches there may be. For where there lies a dragon, there also lies a fiercely guarded treasure. Unfortunately for the slumbering beast, mystic crystals fill the cave's rooms with spectral light, hiding the entrance to the vast treasure trove. Many have given their lives searching, and over the years, the rumors have faded to legend. But the most courageous adventurers will not be discouraged by threatening fate. On this exact day, a knight steps into the darkness, her gloved hand gripping the hilt of her sword. Her years of quests, all of the victories and defeats, have led to this one final adventure. Knowing the kingdom can never truly be at peace with the dragon beneath the mountain, she has come to make a final stand. Little does she know that she will awaken everything that slumbers in the shadows and begin the irrevocable battle in the darkness. Getting started. Objectives. The knight must kill the dragon. The goblins must kill the knight. The dragon must wake up and escape the cave. The cave must fully expand and then collapse to bury everyone. And the thief must collect and stash treasure. Role setup. If you have five players, play with all of the roles. If you have four players or fewer, choose a variant from page 17. If this is your first game, we recommend playing with all of the roles except the thief. Seat yourself in the following clockwise order. Knight, Goblins, Dragon, Cave, Thief. You will play in this order. Set up your player board and organize your other components as shown on page 3 of the rulebook. For more details on each role's setup, read its individual chapter. If there is no cave player, you will still use its event deck and treasure deck. Cave Setup Place the entrance tile on the center of the table. Set aside the nine crystal tiles and six vault tiles. If there is no thief player, return the vault tiles to the box. Shuffle the other tiles and place four tiles, dark side up, adjacent to the entrance tile. Divide the remaining tiles evenly into three piles. Shuffle three crystal tiles and two vault tiles, if there is a thief, into each pile, then stack the piles. Place the cave reference card where all players can access it, showing the side with the cave grows. Beware, even if there is no cave player, the cave can still collapse, causing all players to lose. Be sure to read the cave reference card and refer to the cave's chapter for clarification. Cave tiles. All cave tiles have a dark side and a lit side. The dark side depicts a goblin tribe symbol. The lit side depicts a portion of the cave that players will be exploring. This includes 15 ambush tiles, 9 crystal tiles, 15 event tiles, 6 treasure room tiles, 6 vault tiles, and 1 entrance tile. Tile positions. Adjacent. Tiles touching in the four cardinal directions. Surrounding. All adjacent tiles plus all four diagonals. Distances. When moving pieces between tiles or counting distances, always count orthogonally, not diagonally. Components. The knight. One knight board, 
three bomb tokens, seven hero cubes, yellow, ten side quest cards, one knight piece, two health, and grit markers, red. The goblins, one goblin board, twelve goblin discs, green, four strength discs, red, ten war cards, ten monster cards, ten secrets cards, three goblin tribe pieces, one rage token. The dragon, one dragon board, one shriek token, one flame wall token, one dragon die, 18 power cards, two dragon pieces, slumbering and awakened, 14 sloth cubes, dark red, one eaten goblins marker, green, one health marker, red, three dragon gem tokens. The cave, one cave board, 52 cave tiles, 36 omen tiles, plus draw bag, nine crystal tokens, 12 treasure tokens, three rock side tokens, 10 event tokens, 15 event cards, seven treasure cards, one cave reference card. The thief, one thief board, three stat tokens, one action die, six vault tokens, five action cubes, one thief piece, one loot drop token. Extras, eight terrain tiles, two monster tokens, five roll variant cards, 25 difficulty variant cards. As alternates to their respective tokens and standees, we have included a number of wooden pieces for the knight, goblin tribe, dragon, and thief, along with the flame wall, rock slide, treasures, and vaults. General Rules The rules in this chapter are relevant to all five roles in games of Vast the Crystal Caverns. Though the vast majority of these rules are repeated in the character roles chapters when relevant, they are often less detailed. If this is your first time reading the rulebook, we suggest you read the titles of these sections and skim their contents. You may not understand the contents fully until you read through the chapters for the five roles. After you read the chapters for the five roles, or during play, return to this chapter if you have specific questions related to these general rules. Revealing Dark Tiles During play, dark tiles will be revealed, flipped to their lit side through various means, such as knight entering dark tiles, the dragon using the flame power, or any player using the flare card. Some rules state additional placement rules. If your role's placement rules conflict with the rules given here, you only need to satisfy the role's placement rules. However, if you can satisfy both sets of rules, you must do so. When you reveal a dark tile before resolving anything else, you must resolve the following steps. 1. Orient the tile. Rotate the tile to an orientation of your choice, but at least one open edge of the revealed tile must connect to the entrance tile through open edges. Ignore this requirement if it is impossible to fulfill. If multiple tiles were to be revealed simultaneously, reveal and orient the affected tiles one at a time, placing one before revealing the next. You choose the order in which to reveal them. 2. Fill open edges. Fill all new open edges with dark tiles, which are provided by the cave player, if any. If there is no cave player, you draw tiles from the cave tile stack. Once the collapse has begun, do not fill open edges for the remainder of the game. After following these steps for all tiles to be revealed, resolve the effects of revealing those tiles as needed. See the knight's rules, and then resume play. The Collapse Once all cave tiles have been placed on the map, the collapse begins at the beginning of the next player's turn. During the collapse, do not fill open edges 
on revealed tiles. Also, during the shape the cave phase of the cave player's turn, rather than adding a tile to the map, the cave player removes three tiles from the map. If there is no cave player, then at the end of each player's turn, the current player removes three tiles from the map. When selecting tiles to remove for the collapse, first remove tiles that touch only one tile, then remove tiles that touch only two tiles. If there are multiple eligible tiles, the player removing the tiles choose which to remove. But if a revealed crystal tile can be removed, it must be removed first. If a dark tile is removed, reveal it to check whether it is a crystal tile. If five crystal tiles have been removed, the game ends and the cave player wins. If there is no cave player, all players lose. The entrance tile can never be removed. If a removed tile holds any tokens, return them to their owning players. If a removed tile holds a player's piece, it is forced to move away. Refer to forced movement for more details. Before the collapse, tiles can also be removed from the map by the goblin's cave-in secrets card and the dragon's wrath power. The cave-in card can remove any tiles on the map regardless of location, excluding the entrance tile, tiles holding player pieces, and tiles holding crystal tokens. The wrath power removes all tiles that affect it, determined by rolling the dragon die. If cave-in or wrath removes tiles before the collapse, then first check for crystal tiles, remove them from the game, and then shuffle the remaining removed tiles and place them on the bottom of the cave tile stack. Reconnect the map if it was split. See connecting the map. Then place dark tiles to fill any open edges produced by removing tiles. If Caven or Wrath removes tiles during the collapse, then remove the tiles from the game and do not fill open edges as normal. If a tile holding tokens is removed from the map, then return removed bomb tokens to the box and return any other tokens to their owning players. Crystal tokens removed during the collapse do not count toward any victory conditions. Connecting the map. Sometimes when tiles are removed, the map splits into unconnected sections. If this happens, reconnect these sections of the map immediately, even before filling open edges. The player who split the map selects one disconnected section and slides it in one cardinal direction, moving it until the edge of at least one tile in the moving section touches the edge of at least one tile in the stationary section. Repeat this process for any other disconnected sections, then fill in open edges with dark tiles as normal. Forced movement. Players will sometimes be forced to move, often when it's not their own turn, either when tiles are removed or through the use of several different abilities and actions available to other players. When this occurs, the following guidelines always apply. One, nothing can be moved onto open spaces. Two, the knight cannot be moved through walls, onto dark tiles, or onto spaces with other players. If she enters a space with an event token, she must stop. On her next turn, she must resolve the event token as an encounter and must do so before moving. 3. Goblin tribes cannot be moved through walls or onto spaces with other players. When forced to move, they do not lose population by leaving tiles. 4. The dragon, while underground, cannot be moved onto spaces with other players. When on the surface, the dragon cannot be moved through walls onto dark tiles or onto spaces with other players. 5. The thief cannot be moved through walls or onto spaces with other players. 
6. Treasure tokens and dragon gems cannot be moved through walls. They may enter spaces with player pieces, but cannot end their movement on these spaces. 7. Crystal, event, bomb, vault, rockslide, and flame wall tokens cannot be moved. If a player piece would be forced to move because a tile is removed, but that player piece cannot leave the tile following the guidelines above, do not remove the tile. If this tile would be removed by the collapse, remove the next eligible tile instead of this one. When a player is forced to move because a tile is removed, the player removing the tile moves the player who is forced to move, following the guidelines above. If multiple player pieces are forced to move at once, move them one at a time following the normal turn order, starting with the knight. The dragon die. Various game effects will require a player to roll the dragon die to determine whether an effect resolves or which space it affects. The center mark on the die represents the roller's current space, while the other eight marks represent the surrounding spaces. Whenever you roll the die, apply the effects to all white spaces on the die face. If an effect requires affecting the center space, rolling any of the three faces with the center mark shown will trigger that effect. When an ability or action applies to all tiles affected by the roll, apply the effect only to the tiles present when the roll was made. The dragon die does not affect open spaces with no tiles, even if the dragon's die effect places tiles in previously open spaces. Public information. All components are public information except for the following. Side quest cards in the knight's hand, secret cards in the goblin's hand, power cards in the dragon's hand, cave tiles in the cave's hand, and any face down or unrevealed pieces, such as cards and decks, and the lit tile undersides of dark tiles. Component limits. All components are limited by their included quantities. If you run out of any components during play, do not use proxy components. Rules disagreements. If a rule given by a variant contradicts a rule in the standard rules, follow the rule given by the variant. If a rule given by a card or ability, such as the dragon's power or the cave's omens, contradicts a rule in the rulebook, or given by a variant, follow the rules given by the card or ability. Any questions? For any questions you might have about the game you can't find in the rulebook, on the player boards, or on the cards, check out the official FAQ found at leadergames.com and boardgamegeek.com. Glossary. This glossary defines important terminology relevant to all five roles. Terminology that is relevant only to one role is defined in the role's rules. Adjacent, the four spaces that touch a center space in the four cardinal directions. Diagonal spaces are not adjacent. Impassable, any space or piece that blocks movement into the space, except when allowed by a special exception. For example, the knight's ancient map or the thief's climb. The map, the entire connected set of cave and terrain tiles in play on the table, does not include tiles in the cave's player hand in the cave's tile stack or in the box. Open edge, any edge without a wall on a lit tile. Open space, any square space that does not contain a tile, whether on the map or surrounding it. Space, any square equal in size to a cave tile on the map or surrounding it, regardless of whether the square contains a tile. Every cave tile is one space, while every terrain tile, except pits, contain multiple spaces. Surrounding. All eight spaces are around a center space, 
both adjacent and diagonal. Unoccupied, a space that does not contain any player pieces or tokens. Visible, an object is visible to another when a straight line can be drawn between them in a cardinal direction that does not pass through any walls, dark tiles, or open spaces. Objects can still be visible to each other even if one or both of them are on a dark tile. The Knight, how to win. Kill the dragon by reducing his health to zero. If there is no dragon, smash five crystal tokens, then escape the cave by entering the entrance tile. Setup, set your health to seven and grit to zero. Set the knight piece on the entrance tile. Place the three bomb tokens near your player board. Shuffle the side quest deck and place it face down near your board, then draw three side quest cards into your hand. Place two hero cubes near your player board. These tokens are the two shown on the zero space on your grit track. Place the remaining tokens on the white spaces on the grit track. 5, 11, 18, 26, and 35. Turn summary. During your turn, resolve the following phases in order. 1. Pick up hero cubes. 2. Move and act. Your turn ends when you complete these phases. You may choose to end your turn without completing both phases. Before ending your turn, you may assign any unused hero cubes to any statistics or to equipment or treasure cards that do not require encounters. Statistics. The knight has three statistics, movement, perception, and strength. Movement equals the distance measured in tiles you can move on your turn. Perception equals the number of encounters you can have on your turn and affects your interactions with the thief. Strength determines whether you can make certain attacks and helps you defend against attacks outside your turn. At the beginning of each turn, all of your statistics begin at 1, as shown by the leftmost space on each statistics track. 1. Pick up hero cubes. Pick up all hero cubes placed on your player board except those on your grid track, and those that have been discarded. On your first turn, pick up the two cubes you set near your board during setup. Hero cubes. At any time during your turn, you may allocate your hero cubes as you choose to increase your statistics, movement, perception, and strength, to use your equipment, bomb arrow, ancient map, and shield, and to use any treasure cards you've acquired. You do not have to allocate all of your hero cubes at the same time. Allocating a hero cube to a statistic track increases that statistic to the number shown on the space you place the token. You must always place hero cubes on these tracks from left to right, starting with the leftmost empty space, the second space. Allocating a hero cube to a piece of equipment or a treasure card allows you to use its effect. A placed hero cube remains placed until your next pick up hero cubes phase. If you are prompted to discard a hero cube, place it on the discarded hero cube space of your player board. You can recover discarded tokens through the cave bread event card. The knight can never lose or discard her starting two hero cubes. 2. Move and act. During this phase, you can move a number of adjacent tiles equal to your movement and you can spend encounters equal to your perception. You can move and spend encounters in any order, but you can only move while you have any encounters remaining. Normally, you cannot move through walls. However, each time you use your ancient map equipment, you can move through one wall. By spending an encounter, you can take the following actions in the following order. 1. Reveal and resolve dark tiles. Required. 2. Resolve attacks 
any order. Crystals, goblins, dragons, thief. Three, collect treasures, dragon gems, and treasure tokens. By spending one encounter, you can take any or all of these actions. For example, on a lit tile, you can spend one encounter to attack the dragon, pick up two treasure tokens, or do both actions. Anything you attack or collect must be on your tile. If you move onto a dark tile, you must spend an encounter to reveal and resolve the tile, and then you may take any other actions you wish. Revealing and Resolving Tiles When you enter a dark tile, you must reveal it, flipping it to its lit side, place it, and resolve it. After resolving the tile, gain one grit. When you place the revealed tile, you must connect it to the tile from which you moved. If you moved into the dark tile through an open side, no wall, you must place an open side of the revealed tile from a tile from which you moved. The cave then adds dark tiles to the board on the tile's open sides. If there is no cave player, you draw and place the tiles instead. To resolve the tile, follow the tile's instructions below. Event symbolized by a swirl. The cave plays an event card on you. If there is no cave player, you draw and resolve an event card instead. If you enter or begin your turn on a tile with an event token, you must resolve it as if you had revealed an event tile, then remove the event token from the map. Ambush, represented by a skull. First, you may immediately assign more hero cubes to strength. Then, the goblins may attack you with a hidden goblin tribe if its strength is greater than your strength. If a tribe attacks you, you lose one health. The tribe scatters, and the goblin's rage decreases by one. Treasure Room, represented by a treasure chest. Place a treasure token on the tile. You may pick up the token as part of this encounter or ignore it. Crystal, represented by a crystal symbol. Place a crystal token on the tile. You may smash it as part of this encounter or ignore it. Vault, represented by a door barred with a wooden plank. Place a vault token on this tile, only used in games with the thief. Moving to the dragon. While the dragon is underground, you can enter his tile without spending an encounter if you do not attack him. Attacking him costs an encounter as normal. While the dragon is on the surface and you wish to enter his tile, your strength must be equal to or greater than his armor, and you must then attack him as an encounter. Attacking the dragon. While the dragon is underground and the collapse has not yet begun, you can attack him only if you use your bomb equipment, and you can only attack him once per turn. If the collapse has begun, you can attack him without using your bomb, but you can still only attack him once per turn. If the dragon is on the surface, you can attack him without using your bomb, and you can attack him multiple times, each during a separate encounter without moving. If you attack the dragon and your strength is greater than his armor, your attack succeeds. If your strength is equal, you must roll the dragon die and the attack succeeds only if the die affects the center tile. A successful attack causes the dragon to lose one health. If the dragon's health is reduced to zero, he dies and you win the game. Interacting with the goblins. You may enter a tile with a revealed goblin tribe only if your strength is greater than the tribe's strength. When you enter the tile, you must then attack the tribe as an encounter, causing the tribe to scatter. If you enter a tile with multiple goblin tribes, you attack all of them during the same encounter. Interacting with the thief. You may enter the thief's tile without spending an encounter if you do not attack him. 
To attack the thief as an encounter, your perception must be greater than the thief's stealth. If you attack the thief, you kill him, and you gain grit equal to his loot drop level. Smashing Crystals If your strength is 3 or higher, you may smash any crystal tokens on your tile. When you smash a crystal token, place it on the smashed crystal space of your player board, and you gain 2 grit. In a game without the dragon, you win if you smash 5 crystal tokens and then escape from the cave. Treasures and Gems When you collect a treasure token, or dragon gem token on your tile, resolve its effect as follows. If there are multiple tokens on your cave tile, you may collect them all during one encounter, but each resolves separately, one at a time. Dragon Gem Roll the dragon die. If it affects the center tile, you lose 2 grit. It's a trap! If it doesn't, you gain 5 grit. After adjusting grit, return the dragon gem token to the dragon. Treasure Tokens The cave draws two treasure cards, chooses one to give to you, and returns the others to the bottom of the treasure deck. If there is no cave player, draw the top card from the treasure deck. After viewing the treasure card, you may keep it face down near you, or you may decline it, removing it from the game, to gain 5 grit. Face down treasure cards can be revealed later. If the treasure deck has no cards left, you simply gain 5 grit each time you collect a treasure token. Side Quests At any time during your turn, you may reveal a side quest card from your hand if you satisfy the card's requirements. If you reveal a side quest card, remove it from the game and gain grit equal to the number shown in the card's upper right corner. Then draw a new side quest card if any remain in the deck. When a side quest card refers to an attack, it must be an attack you prompt on your turn, and it cannot come from using any bow or revealing an ambush tile. Grit Grit is the experience the knight gains as she adventures through the cave by exploring new tiles, picking up treasure, smashing crystals, and completing side quests. Each time you earn or lose grit, track it by moving the grit marker along the grit track. When your hero's grit marker reaches a space with a hero cube, take that cube. You can use this cube during the same turn. If your grit marker falls below a white space, immediately return a hero cube to that space. Return an unplaced hero cube if possible. If you must return a placed cube, your turn then immediately ends. You can never be reduced below zero grit. Gain grit. Reveal a cave tile. 1. Smash a crystal. 2. Decline treasure. 3. Kill the thief. 0 to 3. Complete a side quest. 3 to 6. Gain a dragon gem. Plus 5 or minus 2. Lose grit. Backstab. Thief. 1 to 5. Blob. Monster. 5. Flame wall. Dragon. 5. Hex. Goblins. 1 to 4. Rats. Event. 2. Scratch. Dragon. 5. Soporific spores. Cave. 5. Equipment. Ancient Map. The ancient map allows you to move through walls. If the edge of two touching tiles both have walls, they count as a single wall. Each placed hero cube allows you to move through one wall. The ancient map does not affect movement costs. Bomb. The bomb allows you to attack the dragon as an encounter while it is underground before the collapse begins. Otherwise, you may activate the bomb to place a bomb token on a wall, removing it permanently. Attacking the dragon with a bomb does not use a bomb token. 
and you may attack the dragon with a bomb even if you have no tokens remaining. If a tile with a bomb token on its edge is rotated or affected by the rock side omen, remove the bomb token from the game. Bow. The bow allows you to shoot a visible goblin tribe at unlimited range. Shooting a tribe with the bow reduces its population by your strength minus one, but does not cause it to scatter. The bow may be used before, during, or after movement. Using it does not cost an encounter. Shield. The shield allows you to ignore other players' effect that would move you. In addition, each time you lose grit, the shield reduces the amount you lose to one grit. To gain these benefits, you must have activated the shield with a hero cube before these effects are revealed. Treasures. Elven Sword. Increase your perception by one and increase your strength by one during your turn. Enchanted Bow. Allows you to shoot the dragon or thief from up to five tiles away in a straight line even if the dragon is underground or if there are dark tiles in between. The enchanted bow may be used before, during, or after movement. Using it does not cost an encounter. When shot by the enchanted bow, the thief is killed, while the dragon must discard power cards equal to your strength minus one. Javelin. When used, your next attack may target the dragon while he is underground, and you gain plus one strength to your next attack. You cannot use it to attack the dragon on the same turn that you use a bomb to attack him. Using the javelin does not require a hero cube, but still costs an encounter to make the attack. After resolving the effect of the javelin, immediately remove it from the game. Heroic Boots increases your movement by four. Mighty Axe increases your strength by one during your turn. If you successfully attack the dragon and you already have a hero cube assigned to the mighty axe, you may discard the cube to make the dragon lose one more health, two total. The mighty axe cannot be used with a bomb to attack the dragon while it is underground. Pixie Lantern. Increase your movement and perception by one. Potion Kit. If you remove the potion kit from the game, as well as discard the hero cube used to activate it, you regain two health. The Goblins. How to win. Kill the knight by reducing her health to zero. If there is no knight, kill the dragon. If there is no knight or dragon, smash five crystal tokens. See the role variance chapter for more details. Setup. Place the three goblin pieces, one for each tribe, on your player board. Place the goblin and strength discs near your board. Place one strength disc on the Fang's tribe space on your board. Shuffle the war, monster, and secret decks separately and place each near your board. Set your rage to one. Turn summary. During your turn, resolve the following phases in order. One, choose war card. Two, populate tribes. Three, assign monsters. Four, draw secrets. Five, Activate Tribes. Your turn ends once you finish the Activate Tribes phase. When your turn ends, immediately shuffle the entire war deck, including the cards you chose to resolve. Tribe Statistics. The number of goblin discs under a tribe piece is the tribe's population. A tribe's strength equals its population. Its strength determines whether it can move into tiles with certain players and whether it can target or be targeted by other players. A tribe's perception equals its population plus one. Its perception determines whether it can target the thief. One, choose war card. 
The goblins gather their forces, massing in great numbers to battle the knight. If your rage is zero, increase it to one. Then draw war cards equal in number to your rage. Choose one to resolve and discard the others. Two, populate tribes. Look at the war card you chose and add goblin discs under each goblin tribe piece as shown by the tribe's number on the war card. You can prevent adding any number of goblin discs to any tribe by spending one rage per tribe you affect. A tribe cannot have more than four goblin discs. If the population of one or multiple tribes would increase beyond four, this causes overpopulation. Scatter one revealed tribe. If no tribes are on the map, scatter a hidden tribe instead. The tribe you scatter does not have to be the tribe that caused overpopulation. Three, assign monsters. Draw monster cards equal to the number shown on your chosen war card and assign the cards as you choose to the card slots of tribes on your player board. The Fangs tribe and Eyes tribe can each hold one monster, while the Bones tribe can hold two monsters. If a tribe already has a monster, you may keep it, or you may discard its current monster to assign a drawn monster. Discard any monsters that you do not assign. The max number of monsters you can assign among all the tribes equals the population of the Bones tribe. If the population of the Bones tribe is reduced to less than the number of assigned monster cards, the assigned monsters remain. However, new monsters cannot be assigned while the number of assigned monsters is equal to or greater than the Bones tribe's population. If the monster deck runs out of cards, shuffle the discarded cards to create a new deck. The ambush text at the bottom of each monster card is used only in games without the goblins. Read the goblin infestation variant card for details. Strength discs. If a monster provides a plus one strength bonus, flame giant, ogre, or troll, add a strength disc to the assigned tribe's token stack to indicate the increased strength. Strength discs never change a tribe's population, and it will not prevent placement of goblin discs and will not cause overpopulation. The Fang tribe's strength disc cannot be lost or discarded. Tribes. The Goblin Horde works together in three distinct tribes. The Fangs tribe, represented by a set of upper and lower teeth. The Fangs tribe is known for its fierce warriors and always fights with extra strength. This tribe's special action increases its rage and its strength disc gives it a permanent plus one strength. The Bones tribe, represented by two crossed bones, is known for training and controlling monsters to aid in battle. This tribe's special action summons new monsters and this tribe can control two monsters at once. The Eye tribe, represented by a circle, is known for its leadership skills and greater intelligence. This tribe's special action draws secret cards and the tribe's population has special interactions with certain cards. Rage and Malaise. Rage is a measure of the Goblin Horde's collective anger. Your rage increases by one when any tribe is one, attacked or shot by the knight or dragon, two, affected by the dragon's hiss, three, affected by the cave's sopophoric spores, four, attacked by the thief's pickpocket or backstab. You may also increase rage by using the plunder action, using the fang tribe's special action, or killing the thief. Your rage decreases by one when any tribe successfully attacks another player. You may also spend rage during the populate tribe steps to avoid adding goblin discs. If rage is ever reduced to zero, it causes malaise. All tribes suffer minus one strength. Malaise ends immediately when your rage increases to one or higher. 
Rage cannot be reduced below zero or increased above three. Four, draw secrets. Draw secret cards equal to the number shown on the chosen war card. Your hand limit is five cards. If you ever draw beyond your hand limit, you must immediately choose cards to discard until you again hold five cards. Face up cards count towards your hand limit. You may play secret cards at any time during your turn. When you play one, discard it unless the card states otherwise. If the secrets deck runs out of cards, shuffle the discard cards to create a new deck. 5. Activate tribes. During this phase, you may activate each goblin tribe once. When you activate a tribe, you may move it, and then you may perform one action with it. You may activate tribes in any order, but you must finish activating one tribe before activating another. An activated tribe can move any number of tiles. It can enter lit or dark tiles, but it cannot move through walls. Additionally, for every two lit tiles that a tribe exits during the same turn, it loses one population. Remove a disc when leaving the second tile. After completing its movement, if any, an activated tribe may perform one action of your choice. Attack, plunder, explore, reveal, hide, or its special action. A tribe on your player board cannot move. A tribe with zero population cannot perform any action. Attack. A goblin tribe may attack the knight, thief, or dragon, only with ash dragon variant cards, on the same tile as they smash a crystal token on the same tile with the help of another tribe. To enter a tile with a knight or dragon, the tribe's strength must be greater than the knight's strength or the dragon's armor. If the tribe enters a tile with the knight, it attacks. The knight loses one health, the tribe scatters, and your rage decreases by one. If the knight's health is reduced to zero, she dies and you win the game. A tribe may always enter a tile with the thief. To attack the thief, the tribe's perception must be greater than the thief's stealth. When the tribe attacks the thief, the thief is killed. Your rage decreases by one, but the tribe does not scatter. Then you choose whether to draw secret cards or gain rage based on his loot drop level. Smashing a crystal token requires combined attacks by two tribes, which must each have a strength of three or more. To make this combined attack, two tribes must each use the attack action, attacking the crystal token before your turn. When your tribes smash a crystal token, give it to the knight. If there is no knight, keep it on your player board. Also, scatter both attacking tribes and decrease your rage by one. Plunder. A tribe may plunder a treasure token or dragon gem token on its tile. When a tribe plunders a treasure token, increase your rage by one, then return the token to the cave supply. When a tribe plunders a dragon gem, roll the dragon die. If the roll affects the center tile, the tribe scatters. It's a trap. If it does not, increase your rage by one, then return the dragon gem to the dragon supply. A tribe may plunder a dragon gem from the dragon himself, but only if there are no dragon gems on the map and if the tribe's strength is greater than the dragon's armor. Explore. A goblin tribe on a dark tile can use this action. Select an adjacent open space, no tile, and the cave places a cave tile there, dark side up. If there is no cave player, draw a cave tile and place it there, dark side up. Then place the exploring tribe on that tile. Reveal. Any tribe on the map is a revealed tribe. To reveal a hidden tribe, move its goblin tribe piece from your player board onto a dark tile showing that tribe's symbol. If there are no such dark tiles on the map, you may instead place the tribe on an open space, no tile, adjacent to any other tile. 
This tribe is lurking. Scatter, when a tribe attacks, gets attacked, unless the attack states otherwise, or is reduced to zero population, it scatters. When a tribe scatters, place it on your player board, decrease its population by two, and discard its monster card, if any. If the Bones tribe scatters and has two monsters, discard one of your choice. A lurking tribe is still hidden. On your turn, after a lurking tribe is placed on the map, you may activate it to move it or perform the hide action. If you move a lurking tribe, it can move only from its open space to an adjacent tile of your choice, ending its movement there, and it cannot perform an action after moving. If a tile is placed under a lurking tribe, the tribe becomes revealed. Hide. A tribe on your board is hidden. To hide a tribe, place its goblin tribe piece on your player board. Hidden tribes cannot be targeted by other players, but they can attack the knight if she reveals an ambush tile or ambush event card. Special actions. Each tribe has a special action that only it may perform. A hidden tribe cannot use its special action. Fangs tribe. Increase rage by one. Bones tribe. Draw and assign one monster card. Eye tribe. Draw one secrets card. The dragon. How to win. Shake off your slumber and escape from the cave. To do this, first move at least 11 sloth cubes to your wakefulness track, then move from the underground to the surface, and finally enter the entrance tile. Setup. Place the sloth cubes in the sloth boxes on your player board. Place the eaten goblins marker on its track at zero. Set your health to five. Shuffle the power cards and then draw three. Place the awakened dragon piece near your board. You begin play underground. At the start of your first turn, place the sleeping dragon piece on the same tile as the knight. If there is no knight, place your piece on the entrance tile instead. Turn summary. During your turn, resolve the following phases in order. One, move and use powers. Two, pick up treasure. Three, place dragon gem. Four, replace hand. Your turn ends once you replace your hand. Statistics. Armor helps you defend against attacks and other effects outside your turn. Spirit equals the number of power cards you draw for your new hand at the end of each turn. 1. Move and use powers. During this phase, you may move one or two tiles in a straight line without spending any power cards. You may perform this free movement once per turn, before or after using any of your powers. During this phase, you may also use powers. To use a power, discard power cards that show the power symbols matching all those shown for the power on your player board. You may use any powers you wish, each as many times as you wish, as long as you spend the power symbols required by each. For example, to use the burn power, you must discard a flame card and a wing card. You may also spend power symbols from dragon gems on the map. Each gem's power symbol can be spent only once per turn, and spending a symbol does not remove its gem from the map. If desired, you can flip a gem face down to indicate that its power symbol has been spent this turn. Flip these gems face up again at the end of your turn. A cost of a question mark may be fulfilled by spending any symbol. Movement restrictions. While underground, you can enter dark tiles and can move through walls. Entering a tile with another player does not prompt an attack from that player. While on the surface, you cannot enter dark tiles and cannot move through walls. Entering a tile with a knight or a goblin tribe prompts an attack only if their strength is high enough that they could attack you. 
greater than your armor for the goblin tribe, equal to or greater than your armor for the knight. Killing Goblins Whenever you use your claws, scratch, or hiss power against the goblins, increase your eaten goblin track by the total population lost by the affected goblin tribe. Killing the Thief If you kill the thief with your claws or scratch power, draw power cards equal in number to his loot drop level. 2. Pick up treasure After completing all of your movement for the turn, you may pick up any treasure tokens on your tile. If you pick up a treasure token, give it to the cave to satisfy your greed condition, which moves a cube from your greed track to your wakefulness track. If you pick up multiple treasure tokens, keep all of them beyond the first. You can give these to the cave during later turns, one token per turn. Gems and other players. When another player picks up a gem, that player rolls the dragon die and resolves it as follows. Knight, if the die affects the center tile, the knight loses two grit. If it does not, the knight gains five grit. Goblins, if the die affects the center tile, the tribe scatters. If it does not, the tribe may plunder the gem. See the goblins chapter for the plunder action. When the knight or a goblin tribe picks up a gem, after resolving these effects, the gem returns to your supply. Thief, if the die affects the center tile, the thief is killed. You do not gain a loot drop when he is killed this way. If it does not affect the center tile, or if the thief spends another action cube to avoid rolling the die, he takes it and can attempt to add it to his stash. Until the thief stashes the gem, you can still use the gem symbol for your power. When he stashes the gem, it returns to your supply. If the thief is killed before stashing the gem, place it on the tile where he was killed. If all four sloth cubes on your greed track have been removed, return any treasure tokens you pick up to the cave supply without effect. 3. Place Dragon Gems You may place a dragon gem of your choice, if you have any, on your current cave tile. Or replace hand. Discard all remaining cards in your hand. Shuffle all of the power cards, and then draw cards equal in number to your spirit. Awakening and Resurfacing The dragon has been asleep for hundreds of years, and must shake off the effect of his slumber before emerging from underground. To awaken, you must remove sloth cubes from your sloth track. Greed, hunger, and pride. During your turn, you may remove sloth cubes by fulfilling the conditions indicated on your player board as follows. Greed, pick up a treasure token and return it to the cave supply. Four cubes. Hunger, decrease your eaten goblins track by two. Four cubes. Pride, reveal an event tile. Four cubes. Or, don't move for the turn. One cube. Or, place a dragon gem while at least one gem is on the map, one cube. While you fulfill a sloth condition, move a sloth cube on that sloth track to your wakefulness track. You may move up to three sloth cubes per turn, but only one sloth cube per sloth track. All three pride conditions are a part of the pride track. Once you have moved at least 11 sloth cubes to your wakefulness track, you awaken. Replace the slumbering dragon piece with the awakened dragon piece. Once awake, you cannot fall asleep again, even if your wakefulness falls below 11. Surfacing. Once you are awake, you can move from the underground to the surface by ending your turn on a crystal tile. If there is a crystal token on the tile, it is smashed. While on the surface, you can enter a tile with another player, resolve an attack as if that player attacked you. Refer to the attacking dragon section in the knight's rules or the attack section in the goblin's rules. This attack does not affect your ability to move. Once you come to the surface 
and then move to the entrance tile, you win the game. Beware. While you are on the surface, or if the collapse has begun, the knight can attack you without needing to use her bomb. Also, if you are on the surface, the knight can attack you multiple times during her turn, each time during a separate encounter. Revealing Tiles A few of the dragon's powers reveal tiles, sometimes several at a time. When you reveal tiles, flip them over in the order you choose, rotating each so it forms an unbroken path to the entrance tile, if possible. When you are done, the cave adds dark tiles to all open sides of tiles on the map. If you reveal an event tile, the cave places an event token on the tile. The knight must spend an encounter if she enters one of these tiles. If you reveal an ambush tile, the goblins do not attack you, and they do not attack the knight if she later moves onto it. If you reveal a treasure room, place a treasure token on it. If you reveal a crystal tile, place a crystal token onto it. If you reveal a vault tile, place a vault token onto it. The dragon die. Your claw, flame, and wrath powers, and various other effects, require you to roll the dragon die to determine which tiles they affect. The center space on the die represents the roller's current tile, while the other spaces represent the surrounding tiles. Whenever you roll the die, apply the effects to all white spaces on the die face, except for open spaces with no tiles on the map. The Cave. How to win. Collapse the cave. To do so, you must first place all of the cave tiles, then destroy the cave tiles until five crystal tiles have collapsed. Setup. If the knight is not in the game, leave the treasure cards, event cards, and event tokens in the box. Tokens. Put the omen tokens in the draw bag, place 10 treasure tokens on your player board. If there is a thief player, place 12 treasure tokens instead of 10. Place the crystal, event, and rock slide tokens near your board. Cards. Shuffle the treasure deck and the event deck, then place them near your board. Read the treasure section and events section for more details. Tiles. Draw a hand of three cave tiles from the stack. Turn summary. During your turn, resolve the following phases in order. 1. Collect omen tokens. 2. Shape the cave. 3. Place treasure. Your turn ends after you complete these phases. Cave tiles. Whenever you place a cave tile, immediately draw one to replace it. Whenever you place a cave tile on your turn for any reason, you must place crystal tiles, if you have any in your hand, before placing other tiles. On other player's turn, you do not have to place crystal tiles first. Whenever a tile has an open edge, including when a tile is revealed, you must place a cave tile face down from your hand adjacent to each open edge. When multiple cave tiles are revealed at once, you can fill open edges in any order. You may examine dark tiles on the map at any time. Do not reveal them to anyone. 1. Collect Omen Tokens Collect a number of omen tokens based on the number of treasure tokens plus crystal tokens on the map. For a table of how many omen tokens you collect based on the treasure and crystal tokens, check page 12 of the rulebook. Using omens. Anytime on your turn, you may use an omen by discarding omen tokens equal to its cost to the draw bag. To use an omen, you must discard the number of omen tokens it lists to the draw bag. Each omen shows which type of omen tokens can be discarded to fulfill its cost. You may discard any combination of these symbols shown, even the same symbol, multiple times. 
You may use an omen any number of times, paying its cost each time. You may save unused omen tokens for later turns. The three costs, from left to right, listed for the hatred and past plunder omens, are the costs for their first, second, and third uses on the same turn. Further uses on the same turn cost the highest amount. 2. Shape the cave. Choose a tile from your hand and place it, dark side up, adjacent to any tile on the map. If you have any crystal tiles in your hand, you must place them before placing any other tile. Tiles placed during other players' turns do not have to be crystal tiles. Once the last tile in your hand has been placed, the collapse begins on your next turn. 3. Place treasure. Place a treasure token on a dark tile that does not contain a player piece or treasure token. If there is no such tile, do not place a treasure token. The Collapse Once the collapse has begun, during the Shape the Cave phase of your turn, you will remove tiles instead of placing them. Remove three tiles each turn from the game. Keep track of the number of tiles removed. If there is no cave player, each player removes three tiles at the end of their own turn instead. Tiles that touch only one tile must be removed first. Then tiles that touch only two tiles must be removed next. If a dark tile is removed, reveal it to show whether it is a crystal tile. If a tile with any token is removed, return the token to its respective player supply. If a revealed crystal tile can be removed, it must be removed first, no matter what, the entrance tile can never be removed. Crystal tokens removed during the collapse do not count towards any victory conditions. If a tile with a player piece on it is removed, that player may first move to an adjacent tile in order to remain on the map. If there is no adjacent tile that would not prompt an attack, that tile is ignored and a different one must be chosen instead. If five crystal tiles have been removed, the cave collapses and the game ends. The cave, if present, wins and all other players lose. Other players. The dragon can use his wrath powers to collapse tiles, and the goblins can use their cave-in secrets card to do so. Resolve such collapses as follows. Before the collapse, any collapsed crystal tiles are removed from the game and count toward the cave's victory conditions. All other collapsed tiles are placed at the bottom of the cave tile stack. If collapsing tiles divides the map, the player who caused that divide must slide the map together. After collapsing tiles, place new dark tiles adjacent to any tiles with open edges. During the collapse, all collapsed tiles are removed from the game and crystal tiles count towards the cave's victory conditions. Treasures. If the knight claims a treasure token, you draw two treasure cards and choose one card to give to the knight and then place the other card on the bottom of the treasure deck. The knight may accept or decline the treasure card. If the knight declines, she gains 5 grit instead and removes the treasure card from the game. If there are no treasure cards remaining, the knight gains grit automatically. If a goblin tribe claims a treasure token, its rage increases by 1. If the dragon ends movement on a treasure token, he may claim it to remove a sloth cube from his greed track. Treasure tokens claimed by the knight, goblin, or dragon are returned to you immediately. If the thief claims a treasure token, you still count it during the Collect Omen Tokens phase to determine how many omen tokens you draw. If the thief stashes the token, placing it on his player board, 
It is no longer counted during the Collect Omen Tokens phase, and it cannot be placed on the map for the remainder of the game. Events. When the knight reveals an event tile or enters a tile with an event token, draw three event cards, choose one to play, and place the others at the bottom of the event deck. All events are resolved by the knight. Played event cards are removed from the game. If all of the event cards have been played, do not reshuffle them. Instead, ignore event tiles and tokens for the rest of the game. You may examine the top three cards of the event deck at any time. Rock Slides When you use the Rock Slide Omen, place a Rock Slide token on the border of two adjacent cave tiles. If all three tokens have been placed, you may move one. Rock Slide tokens are walls. If either tile is rotated or removed, return the Rock Slide token to your supply. The Thief how to win. Acquire and stash six treasure or dragon gem tokens to break your undying curse. Setup. Place the action die, action cubes, and stat tokens, their light gray sides showing, near your player board. Place your loot drop token on the three space of your loot drop level chart. Before your first turn, place the thief piece on the entrance tile. Place the vault tokens near your board. Turn summary. During your turn, Resolve the following phases in order. 1. Assign stat tokens. 2. Move and take actions. Your turn ends when you run out of movement or action cubes, or if you choose to do nothing else. At the end of your turn, remove all action cubes from your board. 1. Assign stat tokens. Pick up your three stat tokens and assign one each to the movement, stealth, and thievery spaces on your player board. After assigning your stat tokens, place action cubes equal in number to your thievery onto your board. Your stat tokens remain placed until you reassign them on your next turn. Statistics. Movement equals the total number of tiles you can move onto during your turn. Stealth determines how well you can avoid attacks from other players. Thievery equals the number of action cubes you get on each turn. 2. Move and take actions. You may, in any order, move by spending movement and take actions by spending action cubes from your player board. Each action costs one or more action cubes. Spending more action cubes will improve the action's effectiveness or its chances of success. You can take an action any number of times as long as you pay the required action cubes. You may enter lit and dark tiles as well as tiles occupied by other players. However, you cannot cross walls or impassable terrain. See the Terrain Tiles chapter, unless you use the climb action. If you have ended your movement for the turn and you are on a dark tile, you may peek at it and you may reveal it, orienting it as you choose. If you reveal an ambush tile, the goblins do not attack you, and they do not attack the knight if she later moves onto it. You can only target each other player with an action once per turn and you can only target another player with an action if your stealth is greater than that player's perception. Read the Interacting with Others section for more details. Loot. Collect one treasure or dragon gem token on your space. One cube, take the treasure or gem. If you collect a dragon gem, roll the dragon die. If the die affects the center space, you are killed. It's a trap. Two cubes. Take the dragon gem without rolling the dragon die. You disarm the trap. Climb. Find new routes through the cave. Two cubes. 
move through a wall. Three cubes move through impassable terrain without ending on it. Upgrade climbing gear. Using the climb action costs one fewer action cube. Using this action does not reduce your movement cost to make these moves. Pickpocket. Attack to steal treasure from another player on your space. One cube. Roll the action die. You succeed by rolling a four or higher. Two cubes. Roll the action die. You succeed by rolling a two or higher. Three cubes. You succeed, no roll required. Upgrade, sticky fingers. Once per turn, you may re-roll the action die when using the pickpocket action. If this action succeeds, take a treasure token from the cave supply. Also, if you succeed, harm the target as follows. When you pickpocket the knight, you may choose one treasure card, revealed or a random unrevealed, to move to the bottom of its deck. If the knight has no treasures, she cannot be targeted with this action. When you pickpocket a goblin tribe, you may take one secrets card. You can take any unrevealed card. The only face-up card you can take is the goblin ruby. If the goblins have no secret cards that you can take, they cannot be targeted with this action. When you pickpocket the dragon, move one sloth cube from his wakefulness track to his greed track. If there are no spaces available on his greed track, the dragon cannot be targeted with this action. Pick lock. Open a vault token on your space. One cube. Roll the action die. You succeed by rolling a four or higher. Two cubes. Roll the action die. You succeed by rolling a two or higher. Three cubes. You succeed. No roll required. Upgrade. Lock picking kit. Using the lock pick action costs one fewer action cube. If this action succeeds, remove the vault token and take a treasure token from the cave supply. You may attempt to open each vault only once per turn. Backstab. Attack to injure another player on your space. One cube. Apply the light injury. Two cubes. Apply the moderate injury. Three cubes. Apply the heavy injury. Upgrade. Hand crossbow. You may use backstab to attack a visible player up to three spaces away. Backstab injuries. For the knight, a light injury loses one grit, a moderate injury loses three grit, and a heavy injury loses five grit. For the goblins, a light injury, the tribe loses one population, a moderate injury, the tribe loses two population, and a heavy injury, the tribe loses three population. The dragon, a light injury, discards one card, a moderate injury discards two cards, and a heavy injury discards three cards. If you ever need to take a treasure token from the cave supply, but there are none to take, you may take one from anywhere on the map. Hide loot. Make yourself less lucrative to kill. X cubes. Reduce your loot drop level by spaces equal in number to the action cube spent. Interacting with others. If you want to target another player with your action, or if another player wants to target or attack you, you must first compare your stealth to their perception. When the knight or goblin wants to target you, that player's perception must be greater than your stealth. The dragon and the cave can always target you. When you want to pickpocket or backstab the knight or goblins, your stealth must be greater than the target's perception. When you want to pickpocket or backstab the dragon, your stealth must be greater than the dragon's armor. If another player attacks you, you are killed. Determining Perception the perception values of other players are determined in the following ways. 
night. Her perception begins at one. She can increase it by assigning hero cubes to her perception. Goblins. A tribe's perception is equal to its population plus one. Dragon. He does not have perception. Cave. It does not have perception. Carrying and stashing. When you acquire a treasure or dragon gem token, place it on your unstashed token space. You must carry it back to the entrance tile to stash it. Each carried treasure or dragon gem token reduces your stealth by one. If you enter the entrance tile after resolving any effects on it, you stash all your treasure and dragon gem tokens. When you stash a dragon gem, return it to the dragon and take a treasure token from the cave supply, which you will stash. When you stash a treasure token, place it on an upgrade space on your board and set the loot drop level on your player board to level three. If you stash six treasure tokens, the curse is broken and you win the game. Stashed treasure tokens cannot be lost. The symbols on unstashed dragon gems can still be spent by the dragon to activate powers and unstashed treasure tokens still count for the cave when drawing omen tokens. Dying. When you are killed, drop all treasure and dragon gem tokens you were carrying onto your tile and place your piece onto your board. You may recover dropped treasure tokens and gems by returning to the tile and using a loot action. Other players can pick them up as normal. When you are killed, the player who killed you also gains a bonus immediately. The size of the bonus depends on your loot drop level. The knight at level 3 will gain 3 grit, at level 2 will gain 2 grit, and at level 1 will gain 1 grit. The goblins at level 3 will draw 3 secrets or gain 3 rage. At level 2 will draw 2 secrets or gain 2 rage. And at level 1 will draw 1 secret or gain 1 rage. The dragon at level 3 will draw 3 cards. At level 2 will draw 2 cards. And at level 1 will draw 1 card. At loot drop level 0, no bonuses are given to anyone when the thief is killed. At the beginning of your first turn after you were killed, place the thief piece on the entrance tile. The thief is cursed to be undying and must keep returning to gather more treasure until the curse is lifted. Upgrades. Upgrades help the thief to become faster, more efficient, and better skilled. When you stash a treasure token, you must place it on an upgrade space, immediately gaining that upgrade. An assigned token cannot be reassigned. If the cave removes one of your upgrades with its sporific spores omen, remove the treasure token marking the upgrade, but keep it on your player board. It still counts towards your victory condition. Other upgrades. In addition to the upgrades shown for each action, you have the upgrades shown below. Stat boosts. The plus one movement, plus one stealth, and plus one thievery upgrades each permanently increase their respective stat by one. This adds the value to each of the assigned stat tokens, allowing each stat to reach a maximum of five. Flip stat tokens. These upgrades increase the value of your stat tokens. You must place treasure tokens in this upgrade space from left to right. When you take the two to three upgrade, flip the two stat token to its black side, showing three. When you take the three to four upgrade, flip the three stat token to its black side, showing four. When you take the all four upgrade, treat all of your stat tokens as showing four. Because all of your stat tokens are now worth the same, you don't need to assign them anymore. Unnatural evasion. The first time each turn that you are attacked by another player, roll the action die. 
If you roll a 4 or higher, the attack fails and you may immediately move one space. Terrain Variant Adding terrain tiles creates a more varied map layout and presents new obstacles and opportunities for the players. Terrain is optional, so the players must agree before starting the game on whether to use it or not. Terrain Types Six types of terrain tiles are included. Canyon, Lake, Magma, Mushroom Forest, Pits times three, and River. Terrain Placement Terrain is placed the first time each round when an event tile is revealed, regardless of which player reveals it. Terrain cannot be placed once the collapse has begun. The cave always chooses and places terrain tiles. If there is no cave player, the player that reveals the event tile chooses and places it instead. Always place terrain tiles as close as possible to the player piece that revealed the event tile. Always place terrain tiles after filling newly opened edges with cave tiles. A terrain tile cannot be placed touching another terrain tile, even corner to corner. And it must be placed so that it shares at least one edge with a cave tile. If no valid location is available, do not place a terrain tile. The edges of terrain tiles are considered open for movement purposes but they do not prompt the placement of dark tiles. The bridge space is treated like a lit tile, so its adjacent open spaces must be filled with dark tiles when the canyon tile is placed unless the collapse has begun. Terrain rules. Many terrain tiles are larger than cave tiles. A single terrain tile may have multiple spaces, as defined in the glossary on page five. Players may move between terrain tiles and cave tiles, provided that the shared edge is not blocked by a wall and neither space is impassable terrain. Once per action or encounter, any player may exit a terrain tile across any edge, even onto an open space. If a player enters an open space, place a dark tile on that space as if filling an open space adjacent to a lit tile. If the knight is entering this dark tile, she must still reveal and resolve it as an encounter. When the last normal cave tile is placed, the collapse begins as normal. During the collapse, terrain tiles can be removed only if half or more of the tile edges are exposed, at the discretion of the player collapsing tiles. Collapsed terrain tiles count toward the number of tiles that must be collapsed each turn. A terrain tile affected by the goblin's cave and secret card or by the dragon's wrath power is removed from the map but may be placed again later in the game. Terrain Effects Each type of terrain tile has a unique effect on the game as follows. Canyon When the canyon is placed, its bridge space in the center must touch a cave tile, and then a dark tile is immediately placed on the opposite side of the bridge. The two outside spaces of the canyon tile are impassable terrain, which cannot be entered or crossed with normal movement. While on the surface, the dragon may cross over one space of this impassable terrain in a straight line, with the use of his wing power. The thief may do the same using his climb action. Neither the dragon nor thief can end movement on this impassable terrain. Lake. A goblin tribe entering the lake immediately loses one population. Once on the lake, a goblin tribe counts lake spaces as lit tiles for the purpose of movement. Magma. If the knight ends her turn on a magma space, 
she loses one health. Ignore this effect if she has only one health remaining. A goblin tribe loses one population each time they exit a magma space. If a tribe ends its turn on a magma space, its population is decreased to zero. If the thief ends his turn on a magma space, he is killed. The dragon is unharmed by the magma. Mushroom Forest. Any player piece in the Mushroom Forest is protected from all outside effects, and it can only attack a player piece that is in the same space. Restricted effects include the Knight's Bow and Enchanted Bow, the Goblin's Hex and Hiding Spots Secrets card, the Dragon's Hiss and Slap powers, the Cave's Giant Bat Omens, and the Thief's Hand Crossbow Upgrade. Pits. Three pieces. When you are prompted to place a terrain tile, you may place all three pits. One must be placed as close as possible to the player that revealed the event. Then the others must be placed as far away from that location or each other as possible. If only one or two pit tiles can be legally placed, you must place a different terrain tile instead. Each pit tile is considered adjacent to the other two pit tiles but they do not create a visible path. Players can never end a turn on a pit tile. River. If you enter any river space during movement, you may immediately move in the direction of the current, indicated by the arrows, to any other space on the river tile as free movement with no penalty. However, moving against the current uses normal movement rules for the knight, thief, and dragon. A goblin tribe entering the river immediately loses one population, and it immediately loses one population per space it enters when moving against the current. I am not going to cover the rule variance, but it can be found on pages 17 and 18 of the rulebook. This covers the combination of characters played when you're at five players, four players, three players, two players, and one player. Difficulty variance. You can adjust the player's roles to account for differences in age, experience, and skill. Using a lower level will decrease the difficulty for a roll, while a higher level will increase the difficulty. Knight. Adjust the dragon's health or adjust the number of crystals that must be smashed. This changes how easy or hard it is to kill the dragon, or the amount of damage that must be done to the cave. Lady. Expert. The dragon starts with 7 health. Track this health with the spaces on the variant card. If the dragon is not in the game, you must smash six crystals, and smashing a crystal requires four strength instead of three. Baroness, hard. The dragon starts with six health. Track this health with the space on the variant card. If the dragon is not in the game, you must smash six crystals. Knight, standard. The dragon starts at five health. If the dragon is not in the game, you must smash five crystals. Squire, easy. The dragon starts at four health. If the dragon is not in the game, you must smash four crystals. Novice, easiest. The dragon starts at three health. If the dragon is not in the game, you must smash four crystals. And smashing a crystal requires only two strength instead of three. Goblins, adjust the knight's health. This changes how easy or hard it is to kill the knight. If the knight is not in the game, use the knight's levels listed above to adjust the dragon's health or the number of crystals to smash based on your current variant. Warlord, expert. The knight starts at nine health. Use tokens to track the additional health. Master, hard. 
The knight starts at 8 health. Use a token to track the additional health. Chief, standard. The knight starts at 7 health. Boss, easy. The knight starts at 6 health. Miscreant, easiest. The knight starts at 5 health. Dragon, adjust the total amount of wakefulness required by 2 per level. This changes how easy or hard it is for the dragon to awaken. Ancient Dragon Expert You must have at least 13 wakefulness and you must have used your shriek power on three separate turns. Elder Hard You must have 13 wakefulness. Dragon Standard You must have 11 wakefulness. Whelp Easy You must have 9 wakefulness. Hatchling Easiest You must have 7 wakefulness. Cave Remove tiles of each type, ambush, treasure, event, crystal, and vault, or gain tokens that must be removed before collapsing. This changes the number of turns the cave needs to begin the collapse. Some of these variants will prompt you to place hatred tokens. You can use any available spare pieces, such as treasure or crystal tokens. Grand Cave Expert Place eight hatred tokens near your board. When you use the Hatred Omen while any Hatred tokens remain, you may ignore its effect to instead remove a token. The cave collapses when five Crystal tokens and all Hatred tokens have been removed. Great Cave Hard Place four Hatred tokens near your board. When you use the Hatred Omen while any Hatred tokens remain, you may ignore its effect to instead remove a token. The cave collapses when five crystal tokens and all hatred tokens have been removed. Cave, standard. The cave collapses when five crystal tokens have been removed. Spillway, easy. Remove one tile of each type during setup. The cave collapses when four crystal tokens have been removed. Lava tube, easiest. Remove two tiles of each type during setup. The cave collapses when three crystal tiles have been removed. Thief. Adjust the total number of treasures that must be stashed to win. Invader Expert You must stash 8 treasure tokens and cannot place the first 2 stashed treasure tokens on upgrade spaces. Prowler Hard You must stash 7 treasure tokens and cannot place the first stashed treasure token on an upgrade space. Thief Standard You must stash 6 treasure tokens. Burglar Easy You must stash Five treasure tokens. Footpad, easiest. You must stash four treasure tokens. As an alternative way to increase the difficulty, you can randomly remove cave tiles during the setup before adding crystal tiles, which will reduce the number of turns you will play before the collapse begins. Removing two to four tiles is recommended. Speed variants. For a shorter game, reduce all players to the easy or easiest player level. For a longer game, increase all players to the hard or expert player levels. Campaign variant. For a long-term, multi-session game of Vast the Crystal Caverns, you can play it as a campaign game where your successes and failures in one game can affect the following games. All players begin at the easiest player level. Each time you win, you advance to the next level and must play at that level in the next game, regardless of which role you play while the other players remain at their current player level. The first player to advance to the expert level and then win is declared your vastness. Sample turn. Knight, turn one. The knight begins her turn with one movement, one perception, giving her one encounter and one strength. 
She moves off the entrance tile onto an adjacent tile. She flips over the tile and orients it as she wishes, then gains one grit. The revealed tile is an event tile. So the cave looks at the top three event cards in the event deck and chooses to play deep and dark, burying the other two cards at the bottom of the deck. Prompted by deep and dark, the cave draws two omens. Because the flip tile has an open side, the cave also chooses a tile from its hand and places it at the end of the space along the open side, then draws a tile from the stack to replace it. The knight has used all of her movement in encounters, but she has two hero cubes left. She places one on perception, giving her one more encounter, and one on movement, giving her two more movement. She moves on to the next tile. Then she flips it and orients it, gaining one grit. The tile is a treasure room, so a treasure token is placed on it. She can pick up this token without using an encounter because she already took an action on her current tile by revealing it. When the knight picks up the token, the cave looks at two treasure cards and gives the javelin to the knight, bearing the other card at the bottom of its deck. The knight decides to keep it rather than gain grit. Though she has one movement left, the knight is out of encounters, and she cannot get any more, so her turn is over. Goblin turn one. The goblins only have one rage, so they draw one war card, Ruin, and adds two population discs to the Fangs tribe, two to the Bones tribe, and one to the Eye tribe. The Fangs tribe's strength is now three because of their intrinsic strength disc. Prompted by the war card, the goblins also draw one monster card, the Ogre, which the goblins assign to the Bones tribe, adding a strength disc to the Bones tribe. The war card prompts the goblins to draw no secret cards. For their actions, the goblin reveal the Fangs tribe and the Eye tribe. They keep the Bones tribe hidden on their player board. They've completed their actions, so the goblin's turn ends. Dragon turn one. During setup, the dragon drew the claw, flame, and wing power cards. Because it is the beginning of his first turn, the dragon places his dragon piece on the knight's tile. Using his free movement, the dragon moves to the entrance tile. Then he discards his flame card to use his flame power, rolling the dragon die. The center tile is already revealed, so no tiles get revealed. The dragon discards his claw card to use his claw power, rolling the dragon die. One tile hit has the Fangs tribe on it. The Fangs tribe scatters, returning their piece to their player board and losing two population, but gaining one rage. The dragon moves the eaten goblin's track to two, then immediately reduces it to zero to move a sloth cube from his hunger condition to the wakefulness track. The dragon then discards a wing card to use his wing power, moving one space away. At this point, the dragon concludes his turn. Before his next turn, he will shuffle all of his power cards and draw a hand of three. Cave turn one. Because of the deep and dark, the cave has two omen tokens, a rock and a river. There are no treasure tokens or crystal tokens on the map, so the cave draws one omen token, another river. The cave spends a river token to activate its hatred omen, placing a cave tile adjacent to the knight. Before ending its turn, the cave must place a treasure token, so it places one on the newly placed tile. 
Then the cave must place a cave tile, so it places this tile adjacent to the previously placed tile. The cave does not want to use any more powers, so it ends its turn holding on to a rock omen token for later. Thief turn one. The thief starts his turn on the entrance tile. He places his stat tokens, putting four on movement, three on stealth, and two on thievery, giving two action cubes. The thief moves two tiles to the knight. Then, because his stealth of three is higher than her perception of two, he uses his pit pocket action on her. He spends both of his action cubes, so to succeed, he'll need to roll a two or higher on the action die. The thief rolls the die and gets a six. The knight only has the javelin face down, so the thief takes it and places it on the bottom of the treasure deck. The cave gives the thief a treasure token to carry. He uses his two remaining movement to move back to the entrance tile. By ending his movement there, he stashes the treasure token, placing it on the sticky fingers upgrade. He has no more movement or action cubes, so his turn ends. Knight, turn two. The knight picks up her two hero cubes. This turn, she wants to try to hit the dragon. She places a hero cube on movement, increasing it to three, and moves to the tile with the dragon. She reveals the tile, discovering an ambush tile. The knight can also add hero cubes to strength before the ambush tile resolves. With her one remaining hero cube, though, she could only increase her strength to two, so she decides to keep the cube. The bones tribe has three strength, two population, and the ogre, which is greater than the knight's one strength, so they attack. The knight loses one health, and the bones tribe scatters, losing two population and their ogre. The knight places her remaining hero cube on her bomb equipment, which allows her to attack the dragon while it is still underground. The knight's strength is the same as the dragon's armor, so she can attack, but she must roll the dragon die and roll a hit on the center space. The knight lands a hit, the dragon loses one health. Even better, the knight has the daring side quest card, which lets her gain grit when she hits the dragon. She discards daring and gains four grit, then draws a new side quest card from the deck to replace it. She now has six grit, and she only needed five grit to gain another hero cube from her grit track, so she takes it immediately. To help her defend on other players' turns, she places the hero cube on strength. She's out of movement and encounters, so her turn ends. Easily forgotten rules. General. Prior to the collapse, open edges on lit tiles are always filled with dark tiles, no matter how they are revealed or who revealed them. Once the collapse begins, open edges are never filled. When a lit tile is revealed, it must be oriented to connect back to the entrance tile through lit tiles if possible. If it has no way to connect back to the entrance tile, the player who revealed the tile may orient it into any legal orientation. The Knight. You must reveal dark tiles that you enter. If you are out of encounters, you cannot move. But you can still place cubes to do things that do not require movement or spending encounters. You cannot be reduced below two hero cubes. If you have only two hero cubes, ignore effects that would remove or discard them. Using a bomb allows you to attack the dragon while he is underground, but it does not prompt an attack on its own. You must still have sufficient strength to attack him. Once the collapse begins, you no longer need bombs to attack the dragon while he is underground. Once the dragon is on the surface, you can attack him multiple times per turn, each as a separate encounter 
without needing a bomb. The goblins shuffle the war deck every turn. Only shuffle the monster deck or secrets deck when it runs out. If multiple tribes overpopulate during one turn, you still only need to scatter one tribe. If you draw a monster card and do not assign it, you must discard it. You cannot keep it in your hand. The dragon. You can remove only one sloth cube from each sloth track per turn. The three sloth tracks in the pride category are separate, and you cannot move cubes between these tracks without using slither. You can remove up to four sloth cubes by revealing event tiles, and you can remove only one each by placing a dragon gem or by not moving for a turn. In a game without the goblins player, you won't be able to eat goblins. Because of this, you will need to use slither to move sloth cubes from hunger to greed or pride. The cave. When you are prompted to provide multiple dark tiles, you always draw back up to three tiles in your hand after each tile placement, not after placing all of them. During your turn, you must place crystal tiles before placing any other type of tiles. During other players' turns, you are not required to place crystal tiles first. The thief. Treasure tokens and dragon gems that you carry count as being on the map until you stash them. You can pick pocket or backstab each other player piece only once per turn. Your loot drop level resets to three only when you stash treasure, not when you pick up treasure or are killed. Variants. In the game without the cave player, each player places one dark tile at the end of their own turn. When the collapse begins, each player removes three tiles instead. When playing a solo variant, place or remove tiles at the end of your turn according to the Alone in the Dark variant card instead of the normal tile placement or removal, not in addition to it. And that is the rulebook for Vast the Crystal Caverns. I've got to say, while reading this rulebook, I got excited to play this game again um, because it's been a while since I last played it, and I've only ever played as the knight, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Each character seemed to have their own interests and seemed to be fun in their own ways. And there's even more variants to this game that aren't listed in this book using other factions that are in the expansion. Vass is a really interesting game because it's quite dense as considered by the length of this episode. Once you get the gist of it, it can be very intuitive, but that's only for one character since all of the characters play so extremely differently. It's a very dense game and it can be very intimidating up front, but I think it's a lot of fun. The nature of the map is chaotic and can cause, I think, a little bit of an unbalance in favor of the cave player, but you can always balance that out with difficulty variants, which I think is a really cool thing and I'm a little sad we never tried it. I'm also extremely sad we never tried the campaign variant because I don't know why, but it amuses me greatly to know that it exists and I really want to play it for some reason. So if you're into something that's a bit more finicky and a bit dense on rules, but you don't mind getting over that to get through a very interesting and asymmetric game, I really do like Vast the Crystal Caverns. I do believe this to be the most difficult of the Vast games. So if you're looking for maybe something as a smoother introduction, I would say maybe try Vast Mysterious Manor first if you want to kind of dip your toes into it, but you don't want to go full force into the Crystal Caverns game. That's it for today's episode. I would love to talk more about this game, but I think I'm out of breath just due to how long this episode is. If you like what you're listening to, check out more content at makecraftdam.com or the MCG channel on YouTube. If there's any rule books you want to hear about, 
leave me a comment under any of the reading rulebooks mcg videos and remember to like comment and subscribe wherever you find me i hope you have a great day and i'll catch you next time on reading rulebooks <laughs>